So are we really doing this? Yep. Too late to turn back now. The music already started. Welcome, everyone, to the Gov Navigators podcast, a government-focused podcast that won't make you seasick. We're the Gov Navigators. I'm Robert Shea. And I'm Adam Hughes. We hope to enlighten and enliven your week with news and insightful, entertaining guests, all on the topic of government management. Enjoy today's episode of Gov Navigators, brought to you by the creative geniuses behind the award-winning podcast, Fedhead. That's right. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Gov Navigators podcast. We're back, baby. I am so glad. My name's Robert Shea. And I'm Adam Hughes. And we're your co-hosts of the soon-to-be-famous podcast, the Gov Navigators podcast. It's so exciting to be kicking this off today with you, Robert. I'm I'm overjoyed, honestly. I know, but the pressure's on. We've got big shoes to fill trying to build on that other podcast whose name won't be mentioned shall not be named what what a glorious podcast it was but we're we're on to bigger and better things here with the so we podcast for anybody who's listening we're grateful you're with us we hope to offer you some enlightening content in a lighthearted way as my old friend francis rose always said we take the content seriously but we don't take ourselves very seriously. So what we hope to do is at the top of the podcast, offer you some of the latest news bits that we're following, try to have a guest or two, and then wrap up with some things that we're monitoring, the things that we you can expect in the week ahead. We, we'll post these every Monday morning so that you can get a fresh start to your week with some a really good time with the Gov Navigators. We're excited to do it, and we're hopeful that it's useful for all of you out there who are going to be listening. The first thing we're going to jump into is news. And what could be a bigger news item this week than the launch of Gov Navigators LLC? I have to say, though, Adam, I perused the, the news outlets and didn't find it uh, covered uh, any anywhere. So I think we need to talk to our press people about that. Do we have that- press people yet? Oh, indeed, indeed. It'll be oh, the first thing we do after this recording, Robert. But 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 seriously, um, there's it's been an immense couple of weeks with the release of the budget, which is what we'll talk about in a little bit. A lot of coverage of identity management, which we'll also talk about, uh, but also return to work. You know, with Republicans assuming the majority in the House, they are pushing hard to get federal workers back in their offices across the United States, but especially in D.C. Particularly in D.C., Robert, even before the new Congress, conversations and barbs between the D.C. mayor and both Congress and the executive branch and the Biden administration over return to work in the District of Columbia has been significant. It's been an ongoing debate uh, to try to help the economy of of the Washington, D.C. area, which has been significantly impacted by the federal employees and remote work. OPM issued a memo recently uh, adding to the data agencies need to be collecting to monitor their workforce and and their return to work. GAO, likewise, is uh, doing an analysis of that data, I'm sure, to arm the executive branch and Congress with the data they need to to do this correctly. But it'll be interesting to see how that battle uh, ends up. I'm sure lots more to come on it. Uh, We would anticipate congressional hearings. Um, and uh, potentially the ability to to publish and look at some of that data from from the studies that are being done when they're finished 
um, hopefully, because that I I think will inform better debate and hopefully better policy at the end of the end of the line. Moving on to the topic that we want to cover in a little bit more depth, the timely release. Wait, did I say that right? The timely release of the president's. But was it on time this year, Adam? It was not on time. Little known fact. I know you budget nerds are out there with me. The president's budget by statute is supposed to be released on the first Monday of February every year. And I I haven't compiled the data, but I'm pretty sure that has not been met for many years now. It might have been since the Bush administration. Uh, We're going to have to check the numbers on that. (laughs) If it was since all the way back to the Bush administration way back then. Uh, but, But administrations, both Republican and Democrat, have become more lax with the with the uh, the release of the full budget volume, which which, as folks know who are familiar, is multiple volumes and a a huge amount of work to assemble. But it used to be like clockwork. The first Monday of February would always be out. Uh, Robert, I remember going down to the government printing office before it was I think it's the government publishing office now. That's right. When you needed to get the physical copy of the books uh, and camping out and waiting until they opened to be one of the first people to look at the release of the budget. Yeah, if you could, if I was on camera, you could see the uh, bound volumes in in the background in case uh, you don't have similar decorative items in your home. So a a lot of uh, the coverage of the president's budget highlighted that it was dead on arrival. And and that may be true for a lot of the policies that were proposed. But as you know, I look forward to reading and dissecting the analytical perspectives volume of the budget. That's one that takes a variety of topics that impact government management and do a bit of a deep dive on policies and proposals in those areas. And government management's no exception. There were sections on delivering a high-performance government, evidence-based policymaking, IT, cyber, and and workforce. You know, no surprise that I really focused on the uh, d- delivering a high-performance government and the evidence-based policymaking chapters. There's really good discussion of the kind of progress that's been made in each of those areas. It enumerates the investments that are made, and so significant investments in expanding the capacity of agencies to going and executing the Evidence-Based Policymaking Act so that we can gather the evidence we need to answer the big questions and then use that information to make decisions. And in fact, there's a list in the in the volume on some of the specific proposals that link back to the evidence that's been gathered as a result of this effort. Really heartened to see that that evidence is is being used and anticipating a growing list as a result of all these efforts. Robert, you know that this is also one of my favorite volumes from the budget. Looking Look forward to it every year. You mentioned earlier, we were talking earlier about it hasn't been since the Bush administration, the budget was released on time. One of the things that I've seen over the last few administrations is there's been more consistency in some of these initiatives that you you find details on in the analytical perspectives volume across administrations, even across Democratic and Republican administrations. And and I think that's helped to build some of the momentum that you've been talking about and some of the, the results that we're seeing in evidence and in other management areas. The thing that I think is probably one of the best aspects of this is being able to have 
something like the budget, have these policy areas be discussed, but then have them be consistently followed up upon throughout the year. A lot of times the policy comes out in the president's budget. It sits there, like you said, it's dead on arrival in Congress and then nothing ever happens again. I don't really see that with a lot of these areas in analytical perspectives because the administration, ex career civil servants in the executive branch and Congress all have a vested interest in continuing to move forward to try to make progress in some of these areas. There's also been relative consistency in what's made up the president's management agenda from Bush to Obama to Trump to Biden. Yep. You know, that's both good and bad. Well, why haven't some of these intractable management challenges shown greater improvement? I, I, I think the improper payments, waste fraud area is, is one such example. Workforce management remains an enormous challenge, probably at the top of the list of uh, COOs across government of what's keeping them from accomplishing their missions. You talked about evidence-based policymaking. Other aspects in that delivering a high-performance government that particularly stood out to you that or that you were excited to see continue to be discussed? Yeah, I think a couple of things pop out at me. One uh, relates to reporting requirements. This seems like a, a nit, but a lot of congressional reporting requirements persist over time, even though nobody in Congress cares anymore about the reports. Or even so, remembers that they're there. Yeah. So yeah. referenced in the analytical perspectives volume was an effort by the administration to inventory reports that the agencies didn't think were that useful and a proposal to Congress to eliminate them. The second is the permitting reform. Again, persisting across administrations is an effort to streamline the process by which permits are issued for construction or other projects. Valid that they're needed, but there's no reason there should be inordinate delay in issuing those. So those are those are a couple of interesting tidbits that I that I don't, don't think get a lot of focus. What about you? Well, I, I usually jump straight into the IT section most of the time. Lots of stuff has been happening both in the budget release, but also updates uh, and new releases from the Biden administration in IT and cybersecurity in particular. The budget includes bump ups in funding for IT generally across the government. It also really focuses, again, on one of the president management agenda's core aspects, which is customer experience. It's always an important aspect to IT services and products. But I think this budget in particular is continuing to emphasize that this is one of the most important aspects of the work going on in the federal government. Whether the customer is citizen facing or another agency or federal employees, there's lots of different ways to view customers within something as large as the federal government. But they're really focused on making sure that that's the top of the list on IP implementations and how IT services are being developed for agencies. The other big aspect of the president's budget release, but also other uh, releases that have happened in the last couple of weeks is around cybersecurity. There's a new cybersecurity strategy from the administration. The budget backs up that strategy with additional funding and policies to try to help the implementation of it. This type of strategy is not just for agencies either. It's both agencies and private sector companies and contractors, but also things like critical infrastructure. It's a very wide ranging strategy that will require a long period of time and additional guidance before we know exactly how it will be implemented and the, the ability to judge whether it's been successful or not. But it's been long awaited by particularly by folks who follow cybersecurity and work in cybersecurity and the Conversations that I've had about it 
people are excited about the framework and the details that are in that strategy. Uh, as with anything in in particularly the federal government, the devil's going to be in the details about implementation and how how far that gets us to operating in a more secure environment. Yeah, significant advancements in policymaking in the cyber area just in the last several weeks, but also the significant historic investments in customer experience that are made, you know, across those life journeys is is worth noting. Finally, the big section in the AP volume related to the workforce highlighted the need to continue focusing on hiring, engagement, training, basically making the government a model employer. They've got a long way to go, but it the, the chapter does lay out the roadmap to getting there, including proposing a big pay raise. I don't, I'm not sure that pay raise is going to be enacted as proposed. What's your handicapping of the uh, enactment of the budget this year by the end oh. of the fiscal year? Uh, I by the end of the fiscal year, we we should go back in too and look at the last uh, time Congress passed all appropriations bills on time. I think I'd have to go back to middle school to, to e- even older than me. Yeah, for the last time that was actually done. Uh, it's like you said at the beginning, it's not it's not something that Congress is going to take and pull all the information from it and put it into appropriations and authorization bills. There are pieces, I think, that will move through that will be enacted that are will likely see bipartisan support. Some of the cyber aspects and in the IT section w- relate to relations with China and some of the changes that the government has been making, really going back to the Obama administration in technology and how uh, uh, Chinese technology companies are handled in the United States. I think we've already seen a lot of bipartisan agreement on the Hill around some policy areas with how to engage with China. So those, I think, have a good chance. I think 98% of it is is not going to be enacted. If, honestly, if anything is enacted <laughs> this year. Yeah, good point. We've got, you know, we've got the debt limit debate coming up uh, that will pre- immediately precede a debate over the budget. And since the Republicans' majority is so slim, it's really hard for me to see where compromise falls on these big ticket items. You mentioned areas for bipartisanship, I don't think debt limit compromise or FY24 budget are ones where I think we're going to see a lot of bipartisan agreement. Yeah, we would advise no one to hold their breath for that. So what else in in a section focused on what's ahead, what are you going to be looking out for over the next uh, week? Well, we, we talked at the beginning a little bit. We sort of hinted at work in the area of identity management. There is a IG report that GSA put out about GSA's login.gov program that was not flattering at all <laughs> and has raised some alarms. Uh, Did it have lying of, in the title? Did it say lying in the I, title? I, again, we, we're going to have to have the intern check that uh, just to make sure we're being accurate. But we ha- <laughs> you're, you're hiding an intern from me? Well, there's there's always unpaid internship opportunities here at Gov Navigators. We certainly don't want to turn away anyone who's willing to work for free. <laughs> but no, the the IG report was, I would say, very damning of the login.gov program, where GSA uh, has shown in that report to be misleading agencies about the capabilities of login.gov. And there'll be a hearing on that in just a couple of days on the House side, on House Oversight, talking about the login.gov program and some of the details that were released in that IG report. Uh, that'll be on March 29th. The other sort of corollary to that is on the Senate side, there is the HISGAC committee, the Homeland Security Government Affairs Committee. It will be marking up bills, I believe, also on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, Robert. 
And uh, one of those bills is a digital identity bill introduced by Kristen Cinema, who sits on the committee. I think this is going to be the first of many pieces of legislation in this area, this Congress. And I do think, Robert, this might be one area where we get some bipartisan agreement, trying to create a more holistic, standardized way that the federal government moves forward to identify that people interacting with the government online are who they say they are. It's important for quicker delivery of government service, but it's also particularly important in preventing fraud. Always an area where the government is trying to improve. Something else I noticed on that markup, the Federal Agency Performance Act of 2023, Senator Peters' sponsored bill, which would codify, among other things, the strategic reviews that agencies are currently undergoing at OMB. This is a practice that began during the uh, Obama administration, persisted during Trump and, and now during Biden to sort of monitor the big rocks that agencies are trying to push up the hill to make sure they're making progress, see what collaboration or support investment needs to be made to to improve their performance. So I'm I'm not sure whether that has a smooth road to enactment, but it is does show some interest and again, an area of potential bipartisanship. I don't think that's particularly controversial, codifying a current practice managed by OMB. So I'll be following that. One other thing that you made me think of, too, with the late release of the president's budget, that does in some ways hamstring Congress's ability to move through its onerous and often not completed on time budget process. But we have seen a lot of releases from the Senate Appropriations Committee already. So uh, Senator Patty Murray from Washington and Susan Collins is the ranking member now on the Appropriations Committee, incredibly important and powerful committee in Congress. They've put out a number of joint releases. They've got a host of hearings scheduled on the subcommittee level on Senate appropriations. And they are continuing to talk about having appropriations bills done in regular order with amendments on the floor of the Senate and finished on time. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Bless their hearts. Right. Uh, They're not waiting. And I like I like the optimism. Like, you know, shoot for the stars. I agree with you that I think the, the timing and the amount of work that goes into those, it's going to be very difficult uh, with other items on the Senate floor to get those finished on time. A lot going on that w- this week, too, on Senate appropriations subcommittee hearings. So another thing to watch for this coming week. We sure packed a lot into this first inaugural episode. How do you think it went? I feel great about it. This is fun. And I hope that when we go back and listen to it, it's, we, we think we hit publish. Cross your fingers. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, cross your fingers. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you next week. That sounds great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gov Navigators podcast, brought to you by Gov Navigators. We sure hope you enjoyed it and learned something in the process. And didn't get seasick. Right, of course. If you want to know more about us and what we're up to, please visit govnavigators.com. Ahoy! Oh, jeez. <laughs>